Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast. My name's Ellis Clements. I'm here with Maxi Gorn and Campbell Flakemore to unpack the Tour de France, the 2023 edition. Welcome, Max. Uh, still donning the Arkea Samsek hat. How are you? Yeah, and they, uh, I'm good, thanks, Elbow. And hey, 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 Campbell. Uh, I reckon hey, I Max. could be. Um, I could be wearing the 20th best Tour de France teams hat. They were, they were right down the bottom, unfortunately. Even even with your support, even with my support, uh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll we'll go into them with more. But yes, happy to be here. Uh, we missed our couple. We missed our rest day pod, so we got a lot to we, we, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, and welcome, Campbell. Thanks for finding the time for us. Appreciate you coming on the no, show. I appreciate it, Alex, and and good to see you again, Max. Um, yeah, it went pretty quickly. I guess we didn't get a chance to catch up during. Um, but yeah, there's a fair, a fair bit to unpack. And I think Maxi um, started off red hot. There's a couple of teams here that are going to be um, in the crosshairs. So uh, I look forward to to getting in, into those sort of nitty gritty areas. Just quickly, Max, I haven't caught any games, but I see you booting goals from outside fifty again and steering the D's just comfortably inside the four. Yeah, I haven't purchased the AFL International. That's expensive, actually, the AFL International Pass. It's about 25 bucks a month, 25 pound a month. Yeah, yeah for one, for really, you're not, you, I mean, you're not tuning in to watch Northwest Coast on Sunday Twilight this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, we're going well. We we have won two close ones back to back, Brisbane at the G, uh, which was pretty hot that game. Uh, and then last week against uh, Adelaide, and they were coming hot in the last quarter as well. So, uh, Richmond this week, Sunday at the G again, probably going to be a close one again. They're fighting for a top eight. We're fighting for top four. So this time of the year is fun. And then you're down on the island with Cambo next next week. Um, yeah, expecting a expecting a massive crowd. Cambo down for Melbourne North down Blundstone. Uh, not great reports from the last Blundstone game in terms of crowd numbers. So hopefully a little bit bigger this time. If you, yeah, um, I think you guys should be able to pull a little bit better than GWS. If you want people yeah, to show up to a sporting, sense. if you want people to show up to a sporting event, you need to go up the north end of the state, Maxi. Yeah, I, I mean, I the ground at Launceston is actually a beautiful ground to play on. Um, Hobart's got that big old cricket pitch. It's got the massive wind going straight down the middle. Um, weird, weird ground, uh, but I actually really like playing on it. So. Um, I, I kind of, I'm looking forward to it. Against Goldie, I've played Goldie about 17 times in my career. Looking forward to the 18th. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's the good end of the state up up the top, up the top. Campbell, Campbell will be down there representing uh, the AFL Tasmania, of course, fending off the protesters, keeping everything nice and tame, everyone nice and calm. Where's the, where's the site for the stadium? I might go down and have a look. Is there protesters down there? <laughs> no, I, th- I, I haven't heard a whole lot. Recently, actually, the whole sort of narrative is um, seems to have fizzled out a little bit, but uh, there has been no progress. Uh, but the site itself, Maxi, um, I'm not sure where you guys stay, but it's um, sort of 500 meters ish from from Salamanca, um, sort yep. of north. So, yeah, get down there and, and have a look. Have you picked a coach yet? No. Okay. Are you um you going to head down to Salamanca, Max, just to have a look at the circuit, just to see, you know, if you could see yourself down there, take the family down there, could be a little potential move, little Israel startup, paycheck, 
potentially coming your way in two to three years' time? I did actually on that. Froome apparently signed another two years, but we'll continue. Uh, I, I I will go down. I'll, I'll ruffle a couple of feathers. Might do a post. Um, see if I can get some. So in twenty twenty six, we've talked about it. Um, that'll be that'll be when I'm on one leg. Um, and hopefully Tassie come knocking. Bill Campbell, be heavy of, money sort of stuff. Campbell will be the head of operations by then, so there'll be no stress about getting you down there. Well, the hours he's putting in at the moment, you'd think he's head of operations currently. Uh, Jonas Vindegaard won the tour by over seven minutes, mm. just quietly. Yeah. Uh, we'll run through the team sheets. We'll give them the uh, Melbourne Football Club official ranking. Uh, zero. Well, there's been a couple of zeros handed out over our time. Zero being the worst. Uh, seven being the best Tour de France you could possibly do. Mm. Cambo thoughts team jumbo visma they came in as uh slight favorites over the pog and vindegaard just won the tour de france by seven and a bit minutes how do we feel yeah. about that well i feel i feel okay about it um you know that first two weeks we had a <clears throat> we had a great race didn't we like the first Big stage, Vingegaard sort of took the piss a little bit. Everyone was saying, oh, this is going to be a boring tour. Pogi's had poor prep, et cetera, et cetera. And then it sort of went the other way. Pogi probably looked the strongest there for for a couple of um, stages in the mountains. But I think when Vingegaard went and did that TT, we could see that maybe he was just keeping his powder dry for that. Took the piss, 90-second victory tour essentially done. So... From a from a viewer's point of view, I think we were we were treated quite well. I don't think there was any any proper dog shit stages. Um, all the stages that were meant to be good delivered, um, and overall, I, I'd say it was a it was a good tour de France. For those listening at home, Max just spent the last five minutes rearranging his room to display his Ineos Grenadiers jersey. Yeah, it's it's sorry, sorry, Plappy. Uh, I know he's over there in. Uh, I actually don't know where the tour the Wallonie is, but he's over there plugging away. Uh, yeah, the tour. That to be fair, for two weeks we were saying it was the best tour probably ever. Um, with the one-two battle, um, and then the third week fizzled. Um, some amazing stage wins. Uh, the sprint battle was probably a bit lacklustre. Um, Philipson winning by two or three bike lengths at times. Um, but in terms of 1v2, UAE v Yumbo, both had their days. Both didn't have their days. Um, it was an exciting watch. But then, obviously, seven minutes to second, 10 minutes to third. People in top 10, 20 minutes down. Um, that's a little bit when you go – when you look at that, you go, oh, was it a good tour? But the 1v2 battle, some of those um, stages where Pog dropped Jonas and they held a five-second gap for – 20k, like that's that that was that was good TV. They were just that much better than everyone else. Like we knew that they were, we knew that they were on their own level, but they were. Their race didn't start until those two started racing, and then all of a sudden there was a group of humans behind them, racing five minutes down the road. Yeah, they were that much better. Apart from stage one, when Victor Lafay was better than both of them, um, he like almost dropped them on that first climb. Like it was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, look, the the two of them and the, and the teams, 
there was times when there was seven riders left in the GC group and six of them were from UAE or Yumbo. Like the fact that Rafa Marca or Sepp Kuss are dropping Carlos Rodriguez, who's third, um, is amazing that those teams, obviously the budgets they have, but amazing those teams uh, have, got, have got this sort of success. Um, and then Yumbo probably turned out to be the team um, they made the last week incredibly hard, riding from the front, not letting brakes get more than a minute on some stages, just riding full gas from the start. And that I think that wore down Tardage by the end of it. What are we giving Jumbo out of seven? Well, I mean, the stage wins. Is it just Jonas TT? Is that is that it? Am I missing one? I think, I think that was it. No stage from wins from Wood Van Aert. Yeah, he played a full domestique role um, apart from early on going for a couple of bunches. Um, once he like, he looked like he almost crashed in one of the bunches. Once that happened, it's like they pulled the reins back. Woot, uh, make your way back to the group. Um, but a good all-round performer. They won the Tour de France. Sepp Kuss was sitting fifth until he... Do you see the photo of him when he crossed the line? He, had, he must have crashed on the stage 20. He looked horrible. Um, but he was sitting... Six up until the final day as well. So do they go seven? Or does the Van Aert lack of stage wins bring him back to a six? It's all relative based on last year. What do you got, Cambo? Uh, it's probably a six for me. I'm not sure whether they can quite get up up to the seven. I can't remember what the the stats were last year, but it just felt like last year they were just winning all sorts of stages. Everyone was just helping himself. It's GC. Um, this year seemed to be a little bit more focused towards just winning, although in saying that people did go rogue every now and then. But for me, it's probably a six. I think I would have liked to see another couple of stage wins to, to tip them over to a seven. Yeah, I'd say six. I'm happy at six. Yeah. We ran up bag two last year, mm. and I think Laporte bagged one as well. Like to your point of that. Set course win a stage last year too. Yeah. It was a big tour. Mm. Team UAE. Where did they sit? Uh, Second and third. Fill the podium. I mean, they held yellow with Adam, obviously, in the first four days. Um, they won stage one. Yeah, they won stage one, which was hot. They won stage six and they won stage 20. So, um, Three, three, three stage wins, uh, but they did it with the Tour de France, so they're probably sitting at six as well. They're probably even with with Yumbo with the three stage wins and holding yellow with someone that wasn't Tadej, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Um, I, think, I think so too. How do you reckon the report card is back to the kingdom, Campbell? Are they happy up there, <laughs> or what's the feeling? well? I think I think it's a pass, Mark. I think. Um... Yeah, obviously Pogi had that that crash in the spring, which obviously affected him and um, couldn't maintain the the super high level for twenty one days, uh, one or two days where he was just off. But you know, then he goes out and wins wins stage twenty. Um, but I think the report back to the kingdom will be everything is okay, and we go again next year. Um, but just the way, like how good Vingegaard is, he's so strong at everything and that time trial, you can time trial and beat everyone by 90 seconds and you're the strongest on the climbs as well. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know where 
the weakness is and what Tardesh can do to, to beat this guy. But we say that every year after whoever wins. It's like in footy max, Geelong in September, October. No one's going to beat them ever again. But <laughs> things change. I still think UAE could jack up their team with another, and not necessarily the climbers you did see. At, I mean, the podium, the Tour de France, uh, Adam Yates and Tadej. Um, but like Groshartner, maybe he could be replaced. I know Sivakov is potentially going to UAE. Like just jack up their team a tiny bit because I think the third week was purely these big rulers like a Woot Van Aert. Christophe Laporte, Nathan Van Hoyden, Tij Banu just riding full gas from the start. Um, I feel like UAE need something to counter that. I reckon that could where be was the George, way in. Where was George Bennett? Where was he? Yeah, George Bennett's in no man's land at the moment. He's not getting to start anywhere. Obviously, Almeida and Ayuso were their next, and Adam Yates. There's four GC guys that could honestly finish. If they all rode the tour, they would have finished second, third, fourth, fifth almost. Is is that the strategy though? You need to stack your strong men on the ground because realistically, no one else, no one can really help you that much in the mountains because they're just not going to be there. In my opinion, yeah. Like I don't know much about Vigard Lang- Langan, but I didn't see him. Um, Berg, Mikael Berg wasn't at the same sort of legs that he normally has, and Matteo Trenton again. So those three against the guys that I just said, Christoph Laporte and. Um, Woot Van Aert and Nathan Van Hooydonk and Tij Banu, they're just, that's where they're weak. That's where they're weak. Rafa Maker is just unbelievable. He's still <laughs> such a good rider. He's so important in the mountains. Maybe next year, um, Albie, the, the tactic is that they just take three or four just absolute hitters. So add Ayuso and Almeida and just take all of them and just go for an assault, see what happens. Because like I said, the, the strength of Vingegaard and the guys around him, it's it's hard to see where where they're weak and can be got out. Add Sivakov to that mix too. It's a pretty busy climbing squad. Sending four blokes up the road for Pog to attack on one of the yeah. early climbs. Uh, the third of the powerhouse teams, uh, Ineos Grenadiers, how do you reckon Jim Radcliffe's feeling about his sponsorship of the squad right now? A couple of stage wins, which is like a... Yeah. Exp- I, if you look at that team, there's nothing that really jumps off the page and you get super excited about. You know what I mean? Like if if, if you had said that Rodriguez would have been um, in and around the podium, they'd win two stages, they'd be busy when they need to be. I reckon you probably would have, you know, bit your hand off for that. Um, but I think we just measure them against where they were four or five years ago and expect them to still be competing with with Jumbo and, and UAE. But just purely looking at that list that they've put out, it's it's just not quite there, especially, you know, Bernal, of course, super rider, won the tour not that long ago, coming back from huge injury, Pidcock, big talent. Um, and then it just sort of falls away a little bit despite them. Uh, getting a couple of wins through Kwiatkowski, who must be, what is he, 37 now, 38? Is it to a veteran, and what a win as well. He's a veteran. Alex, he is, uh, much like Michael Hepburn, is a, is a Giro veteran. It was a fair win from Kwiatkowski. He held off Vinegard and Pog going full gas. Um, I, they, they lit up 
I mean, back-to-back stages, Rodriguez was third for majority, third or fourth for majority, and then fell. Um, Pidcock actually pleasantly surprised me in the first 10 days. He stuck with the GC group and actually rode pretty well. Um, had a horrible day in there and lost a lot of time. Um, but, yeah, where to now? Is is it all eggs in the Remco basket? Let's get Remco. Remco, we can make you a GC. We can we can win the tour with you if 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 you want to come across. Um, I think that's the path they go down because they're not going to. Well, Rodriguez might be leaving. Um, Taylor Gagenhardt, I think, has gone or will be going to Trek. Um, so they're losing some of these guys that Max's um, mail room. Max's <laughs> mail room. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure where they go. Stage wins. A stage win. Ineos is a cool team, though. Add Remco to the squad makes the Tour de France pretty exciting as well. Mm. You have three heavy hitting teams leading, yeah, and they're going. They're all going full gas. That's something to watch. Imagine Ghana, Van Art, and I don't know who UAE's equivalent is. Let's say it's Mikel Berg at full legs. Just these guys at the front of the peloton. It'll be crazy. You're on the ground in Europe, Alex. What's the the male? Coming out of the teams vis a vis Remco, how, how are we looking? Uh, don't have a, I don't have a direct line into Remco um, or Ineos, but it, it seems like it's it's the make or break. The male I've heard on the ground is that Patrick's trying to get out of Quick Step, and that this deal is lingering in the background. So I think there's there's Quick Step. And Ineos, kind of the two big players, not quick step budget-wise, but the, t- the two big players in cycling going head-to-head trying to broker this deal. And it may, and for Jim, Radcliffe and Ineos, like, it has to be done. Otherwise, I don't know how much longer Ineos is going to hang around the sport. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It feels like it's a bit of a now or never. And there's no one else in the world to, that can really be a replacement. Why there's there's primos. Ish. <laughs> Ish replacement. Technically there's primos. Would, would you sign it? Would you would you even look at Primos though at this point, Maxi? If you miss if you miss Remco and you're losing Rodriguez and Gagenhart, you're you're having a little swipe at Primos. Yeah. That's assuming that um the direction of the team is purely to win the Tour de France still. Yeah. But their direction can only go in the way of Pidcock because he would be the only shining light outside. And uh, sorry, uh, Plappy, obviously. Mm. Um, but apart from TT, absolute TT bosses, I don't know what else where else they can go other than Pidcock in some of the classics. But can you see Pidcock? You can't see Pidcock winning the Tour de France, though, right? Okay, no, no, but you're saying to shift direction. They're, they're shifting direction out of Grand Tours completely or stage hunting in Grand Tours because they don't have a sprinter. They've got they Viviani. Get, they could get Garner one, beat Viviani. Garner beat Viviani in a bunch sprint at stage one of Tour de Wallonie. There's a good sprinter looking yeah, for a new team, no? We'll get, we'll get to one later on that's in the market. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> Uh, just quickly, what's your, what's your rating for uh, Ineos Grenadiers to close that out? They're a trade. That's a very, they're four. 
Okay, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna go on on a, on a five, but no, okay. it's always important to just, yeah, just bring it back a little bit, not get too carried away. So I'm happy to be happy to go with a four as well. I'm just gonna. Well, I mean, the just the, the pre, the chat pre race um, that we had was who's going to be GC out of Rodriguez, Martinez, Pidcock, and they had a fourth, uh, Egan Bernal, and the th- three of them aren't even near it. So like. Out of four GC guys they sent, one managed to finish fifth. Um, I think that's slightly disappointing, but the two stage wins brings them right back. Meanwhile, over at Group Palmer FDJ, uh, they opted not to take a sprinter because of some in-house fighting or in-house public fighting. Uh, Went for Gordou, traditionally one of Maxi's men. Uh... Max, how are you feeling about this squad and their performance over the last three weeks? Uh, before I get to why I think they're not a one, I think they're a two. And before, like, why I think that? So this sport is a lot about TV time. It's a lot about getting the sponsors out there. Thibaut Pino had me hook, line, and sinker. Those last That last week of riding including his last stage of stage 20 when he went on a solo break for Thibaut Pino Hill or something mm-hmm. that was crazy. That FDJ, loving that, surely. Like that's almost better than an Arno DeMar bunch sprint, what Thibaut Pino did there. So have they made up for everything that happened in this whole Tour de France for 20 days by Thibaut Pino's last week? Maybe, but <laughs> they didn't get anywhere near it. David could do... Fell into was it ninth? Is, is is he finished ninth? Ninth. He fell into ninth. He got dropped almost every time. The first of the GC guys, Valentin Madwaz, who's also one of my boys, didn't have legs. Stefan Kung. I don't know why he comes to the Tour de France. He like, I don't know much about Stefan Kung, but I know he's got amazing wattage, and I just don't know why we don't see that. That so. I'm very disappointed, but Thibaut Pino saved him, if that makes sense. Mm. Stefan Kung, third at the uh, 2014 World Time Trial Championship, Cambo. Yeah, he's a big talent. He's a big engine. Uh, I think that's a bit stiff from Maxi. Why do they take Kung? Uh, he's he's one of the first <laughs> on the team sheet. Uh, you know, he's a bit of an all rounder. He can he can do a bit of this, a bit of that. He's a big he's a big engine. Got to get him in. Did the we, real did question is when was. When was the engine going to be released? When did we see the engine? FDJ would well, never we did, on we the didn't, Yeah, we didn't have we didn't see the engine because they didn't have the cattle to release the engine with. Um, <laughs> Gadu, I don't know really what what he's doing there. Like I know it's easy to sit here and carry on like pork chops, but like a ninth on GC, twenty five minutes down, like that's not enough to go back to the sponsors and say, hey, you know what, we were, we were there, we have got a top ten. You were never in the front group in the mountains. Like, what are you doing there? What's Oliver Legac doing at this Tour de France instead of Demar? What's Quinton Pacheur doing here instead of Demar? Like, get him in. What, what on earth were they thinking leaving him out? Like, Philipson was good. Like, he was clearly the quickest guy there, but he was there for the taking on some days. If they had gotten a few guys around Demar, you can still have your Gadus to run a top 10. You can still have Pino to do flashy things on stage 20. It's a couple of guys here that were just there making up the numbers. So massive mistake not taking Demar. 
You reckon Arno Demar beats Jordy Moose in a in a bunch sprint? I think he does. He's possible, isn't it? So big miss. That's a one for mine. Have you got mail on where Demar's going, Max? I don't have that mail. No, I know he's leaving. Um, that's that's for sure. Um, but no, no mail on 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 where he's going. That's been kept very quiet. Must be big goss. A French sprinter, cyclist, leaving a French, the best, probably the peak of the French teams, although AG2R yeah. might have something to say about it. Could he be going to the team of the hat you're wearing right now? You can't quite see the hat on screen, but. Apologies. Well, I mean, he's got to show that he's a better sprinter than Luca Mazzato, um, who I think I think he got a six on one of the stages. Um, which is yeah, I love I love my niche European sprinters, and Luca Mazzato is one of them. <laughs> so they got a two because of um, Pino's work in the last week. That's and purely mean, that, like what his he, hype work, not his actual like riding performances. Just him going wild. Yeah, but, but well, I mean, if Tadej if Tadej decides he doesn't want to win stage twenty, it's between Thibaut Pino and Warren Bargee in a bunch sprint. I'm taking Thibaut Pino in that. So. He got in the right move. He had the best legs. He finished, I think he ended up finishing sixth on that stage. Like, I was pretty impressed with what Thibaut did in that last week, even if he didn't have the legs for someone who managed to stay in front of the peloton. So I'm giving them a two based on that. You happy with that, Campbell? Or does Pino's performance get them a six or something in your eyes? No, no. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows <laughs> I love Pino, and it's disappointing that, yeah, this is his last season. But I think it's two. I think it's a two for me. Yeah, and, and they're uh, and they're lucky. By the way, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come up to a two just because of that that Pino stage twenty got some good stuff on Twitter, so I can understand <laughs> Maxie's uh Maxie's point. EF education first. Well, I, I guarantee FDJ have sold an extra lotto ticket. Are they, they're a lotto a French lotto company? Are they not? Yeah, like yeah. I don't I know guarantee- what Group Armor does. FDJ, definitely. I guarantee FDJ sold some extra lotto tickets based on based off stage 20. <laughs> you had it here first. EF education first. Thoughts? Uh, three DNFs, not a great start, and especially with Carapaz um, out DNS stage two. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. start. That, that hurts them. That hurts them a lot. Um, but every every Grand Tour that we do a preview for, we look at the list and it just feels like they get the best names on their on their roster and throw them in and see what happens. And it felt a lot like that again. Guys just flying off the front of the bunch in the first two weeks, trying to accumulate points for the KOM. Unfruitful in the end because Ciccone came over the top of everyone. But like you look at it, Every rider, you're like, geez, good name, good name, good name. But overall, pretty pretty disappointing tour de France, no? I mean, what could have been if Carapaz was there? I dare say they win a stage. They potentially win a stage with Carapaz. Maybe the Izagira stage, um, the Kwiatkowski stage, the Bilbao stage. I dare say Carapaz will be in and around them um, and potentially wins a stage. So that's a, that's a big loss. Um, Magnus was nowhere near Magnus level. Um, Powerless wasn't near Powerless level. Uh, Betiol, was he relevant in this tour? I don't think he was. Rigoberta Uran, 
Now, I've gone full nuffy this year with my cycling, like genuinely watching every race. Rigoberto is one of the only cyclists that literally takes January to May off. No one else does it. Every other cyclist is slogging it around at somewhere in South America or somewhere in Europe doing these races and then obviously the classics as well. Rigo takes it off and just does the tour like he's a big dog. EF paying the most stuff that. If you watch the doco, EF, they call him like Jesus in, in the bus. Like in the doco, Magnus, Magnus Court's like, can I go in a break? And the, and the boss is like, Vortus is like, I'll go ask Rigo if you can go up the road. Like <laughs> something's got to stop here because Rigo Better Uran does absolutely nothing. Time if to he's on the most him. money, I dare say he's on the most money at EF, send him to the bloody tour to Swiss, send him somewhere else, send him to somewhere to get some points. Uh, I foolishly had a little nibble on, uh, on Rigo on one of those breakaway days. He actually, he made, it was one of the days that he made the break. Um, but unfortunately he, I think he crashed on one of the downhills. So that was, that was the only reason why he, um, he didn't win. I can't remember yeah. what stage that was, who ended up winning that one, but yeah, it's 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 a name based sort of thing. I think he's got like millions of followers on Instagram, so you've got to consider all of these things. Get him in, get him in the Tour de yeah. France. Score. Uh, I mean, Palace nice. did some cool stuff early without legs. Um. Oh wow, there are there there are there are two. Yeah, Palace so work that, early. I- is that what we're attributing that to? Well, he's come second in the King of the Mountains for a team that had five riders. There's not much else they can really accomplish. Um, you say generous. Two, it's a two. Generous. Okay, team. yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they're hanging their hat on second in KOM, then it's a, it's a skinny tour. <laughs> Stiff losing, losing Carapaz, though. That, that hurts. That hurts a lot. They can't be the same score as DSM and RKSMZIC, Gambo. So well, they need to be something higher. <clears throat> Sudal, quick step. Jakobsen had a tough tour with crashes. He did. DNS stage 12. As Green came to the rescue, bagging a stage with pure strength. Like oh. absolute strength, Danish strength. The only kind did of he, strength that could win that kind of stage. Did he come to the rescue or not? Like, there was a lot of you almost went, from, uh, almost went back to back yeah back to back from the Fuga I mean the odds of that is just ridiculous um, but yeah again like it's just the same sort of names that we've seen when Quickstep were like the team four or five years ago it was the same sort of guys like have we seen the best of Philippe? will he ever get back to that sort of quality he just looked like every other French dude that just races hard and fights for the breakaway and ultimately runs out of legs trying to do so. Um, Remy Cavagna had a pretty good TT, but he's just an engine. De Klerk, El Trapdoor, not going to get much out of him. And then the other dudes, Morkov, uh, when Jakobsen goes out, what does he do? Um, Lampart's obviously has worn the yellow jersey recently, but didn't really see him. So without Hasgreen, like this was a disaster, but he won, so... It's probably a three. It's still, I mean, it's still a disaster. It's still a disaster. They're going in with what they think the best sprinter in the world um, who didn't get it done when he was there and then he left. Um, 
Alaphilippe's best thing he did for the whole tour was when he was riding at the front of the peloton for Casper Asgreen's win. Um, mm. He was just he was just sitting <laughs> second and third wheel and causing absolute mayhem. Um, I nuts. actually, I really did like that. If you tune into Gerard Thomas has a pod and he had Cav on during the week, a lot to take from that. By the way, if you do want to go in and listen, um, Cav hates Movistar, which is great for the soul. Listening to that um, <laughs> is. Cav, Cav hated that Julian Alaphilippe did that. But from at, at home, it looked like it was – that's not as bad as Jasper Phillips and sandwiching someone from getting in the break. Like the sprinter teams just have different mindsets on different things. But Julian Alaphilippe was Cav's number one villain for slowing down the peloton. It is – it's that's crook behaviour, by the way. Like yeah. <laughs> – it's uh, it's it's frowned upon, but there's nothing in the rules that says you can't do it. And in the end, it was probably the difference between uh, Asgreen staying away and not. So when things are desperado, you got to do desperado things. So uh, hats off, I guess. I don't think this team can take Remco to the tour. Um, the only climbing domestique that's not here is Van Wilder, I'm pretty sure, or Cataneo. Um, could potentially climb. Like, there's not much. They have rulers, which UAE don't, but they just don't have any support. So Remco can't win a tour here. So if you're Remco's agent, you're getting him out. Get him out. Yeah, but he could win. He couldn't even – like, the Giro, he was hot favourite. I know he crashed out, but he looked weak there. He looked vulnerable there against Primoz. Is there a chance that he goes to Ineos and he's still like he's still racing with the humans for third? Like, have we actually seen him go head to head and go, yeah, this guy can challenge Pog and like that that caper? I don't, I mean, I don't know. If we have, yeah, I think we're hoping. I think he's obviously done it in like flashes. Um, you know, like his solo attacks at, at Liège and stuff like that are incredible. But to do it for three weeks and be consistent is. Like, you know, he's won the Vuelta, but all due respect, not against Pogi and, and Jonas. Quick step score. Uh, it's a three for me. They've fallen to a two for me. Two. <laughs> the there's only seven teams. Of, the same as, the only, same as what FDJ got for yeah, rallying up the, the crowd of the last week and being present on Twitter. Okay, yeah, you're right. It probably is a three. And especially because there's only seven teams at the wide stages. So they're one of them. So they they probably get one. Bahrain victorious. Naturally, well, number one of the st- naturally yeah. lose a point for having the worst kit in the Peloton by one million miles. <laughs> Shocking kit. See, this is if you look at this list, it feels a little bit like the EF list. It's names, it's old school riders, it's not a whole lot of strategy, like Lander, what's he doing? <laughs> like Nicky's <laughs> Arnhem Bauhaus, these sort of C-grade sprinters. Like, <laughs> um, But then you've got like, you know, dudes like Poles, Mohorich, Haig, Bill Bow that are like, were so active. They were in everything. They like gave themselves a chance whenever there was a chance for the breakaway to win and they won three stages from from moves. So incredible, incredible tour for Bahrain. And obviously, you know, after the uh, tragic news they had with with Gino, they were obviously riding with a little bit more passion and energy and 
Um, maybe that was the difference at, at a couple of times there in the tour. I disagree just slightly on the tech. I Lander, I agree with. Like why they could have just done so much more with what they brought with Lander. But I feel like it's a well-balanced team. Like they had Bauhaus as a sprint home, first time against a tour field, and he rides quite well. Like I think he podium a couple of stages. Um, and they had a couple of domestiques for him. A couple Like Nicholas Arndt was there for him. Mohoric rode for him. Fred Wright rode for him. And then they, when they get to the late second week, third week, all right, Mohoric and Fred Wright, this is your chance to get in every break possible. They both tried. Fred, unfortunately, didn't succeed to the level. Mohoric had that amazing ride behind Michael Woods where um, even he caught Mario Jorgensen up that hill. Um, and then you could tell he had legs, and then he goes and wins the stage he does. On Mahoric winning that stage, I'm sure you've seen the interview. Um, now, I look at Mades Mahoric and think he's a top 10 rider in the world. I'm not sure what you guys think. I think he's probably, like he's a Milan-San Remo winner, constant Tour de France stage winner. Like he's mm, one of the best riders winner. in the world. Winner, like yeah. <laughs> winning. By the sounds yeah, of his interview, he thinks, he's, he thinks he's not in the top 1,000. <laughs> he thinks he, he he doesn't rate himself at all, and it's one of the most emotional interviews I've ever listened to. Um, and it it was actually quite beautiful as well. But um, I give Bahrain a, almost a six, even though a failed GC. But I'm not sure whether they actually thinking Bill Bell was going to finish top five. What's he end up finishing? Six, um, six. Yeah. Just doing Bill Bell things all week, just dangling. That's probably what they said pre-tour. Let's finish. Six to tenth with our GC guy and win three stages and look what they've done. Yeah, I I think it's a six. Three stages of that nature <clears throat> yeah. with a bonus with a bonus top ten, um, and then the theatre of the of the Morich victory and and the post game interview. Um, good traction on the socials for Alex. Uh, that's that's got currency in this scoring system. So uh, a strong six. The, um, think- my famous line of back legs and not names, it, it always comes true and it came true again. Apart from Woke Poles, um, that one sort of popped up out of nowhere. He wasn't <laughs> showing any he wasn't showing any legs, and then he rode Woke Van Art off his wheel. Um yeah, that that one that one surprised me. We got you there, Maxi? We lost you. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. You still got me? Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Bora Hansgrove. Jai Hindley just helped himself to the to the yellow jersey very, very early on. And after that, you can't really go wrong. He did it in genuine Jai Hindley fashion, like just snuck himself into a move of 30 people that as like a GC contender, only he could, he could do. Only he could do that. Uh, helped himself to the stage as well. And then uh, Jordi Meese was the only sprinter in the Tour de France doing anything else besides Philipson. Yeah, he, he really hijacked that stage in, in Paris, didn't he? Like Mass <laughs> Jordi Meese. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the odds were. I'm sure Max has got them in his notebook um, a few pages back that he could be able to produce it for us. But I missed, value it. I there, missed it. Value there for sure on Jordi. 
Um, so cool to see Jai Hindley like wear the yellow jersey at, at the Tour de France. Like you, you saw the interviews of him like watching this race since he was like eight years old. And then you could tell that he's like still a fan of the sport, like winning a stage of the tour meant so much to him and, and to get the, to wear the yellow as well. Uh, did he rock yellow shorts um, to match the jersey? That's he did. I did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Like that's cool. Like that's going all in. Yeah. I love that. Um. Yeah, I, I thought he was probably I th- coming in. I thought he was probably going to make up the podium. Unfortunately, he, he sort of ran out of legs a little bit. But I think a stage win, wearing the yellow jersey, and then and then the Geordie bonus, it probably gets them to a to a strong five. I'd say. Yeah, you just you got to keep telling yourself seven seven teams won stages, and these guys won too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it, it, it's a pretty good result, and not with the guys you would have thought. You would have thought Jai wouldn't have won a stage. You would have thought it would have been a Bob Youngles, Patrick Conrad um, type breakaway win. But no, they, they, were, they were impressive, and they rode really positively. Um, rode on the front multiple times to get Jai in the break was a nice sneaky move. Um, yeah, and Jordy Moose was always around it. The, I didn't mind the Danny Van Poppel Jordy Moose <laughs> team. He was always around it. Just, just couldn't. I couldn't find him on stage twenty-one, unfortunately. Bookman did his best to pretend to help Jai on the GC and in the mountains early on. Whack. Yeah. I swear he just he doesn't know there's other teammates in the GC group when he's in there. He just he's never with them. He's never near them. He's just doing his own thing, Emmanuel Bookman. Uh, it's it, it, surely this is more than a five though. To to hold to wear and hold the yellow jersey. It's a, it's it, it is a more they are equal with Bahrain for mine. To the six, yeah. Which means I've given out five sixes, no <laughs> and no and no and no sevens. And there can't be a seven coming. I doubt it, it unless yeah, Chikoni is going to persuade us to a seven. <laughs> uh, I know that there. I mean, there is. Sorry, there is a seven coming. A little trek, Chikoni takes the polka dots. Uh, Pedersen around the mark and a few bunch gallops. And he won. He won a stage. When did he win? Yeah, he won. He won the uphill sprint against Philipson. Well, he's good for a stage. He always wins a stage, this guy. <laughs> he's so reliable. Are these Danes? Um, it's, it's, Dan- it's the Danes. They're good for a stage. Good for a stage, man. Skelmoza was super busy too. Like he was knocking around um, the mark every stage where he could make an impact and even on some stages where he, you know, he wasn't going to win. He was he was just there right in the front getting busy. Um, did we see much of Quinn DNS on stage nine? That would have been nice to see a little bit more of him. Um But yeah, I, I think polka dot jersey in a stage win. Like, what more do you want out of this group? Like, that, that's a that's a strong that's a strong five. I've been mis I've been misquoting by the way. Sorry, the ten teams won a stage. Um, correct. Yeah, Skelmo's was and Chikoni both were. We weren't sure which one was going to try by GC. I'm glad it wasn't Chikoni. I'm glad they mm-hmm. lost a lot of time on purpose. Skelmo's unfortunately didn't have. The legs that he had at Tour de Swiss, but then rode unbelievable third week as a full domestique for Chikoni. 
Um, I know there's a domestique of the Pua award uh, that gets handed out. I don't think Scalmo's got it, but he would have been close to my vote. That was some really, really classy ride, as as Pedersen. Pedersen was getting in breaks at the end and dragging breaks along for Chaconi as well. I love when a team goes all in for polka dot. It just l- livens up that little bit of the race. Um, yeah, I'm, they're they're a trade they're they're a trademark. Maybe even more. They're probably a five. Nice, Albie. Hey, what do you reckon? Yeah, five, a five. I like it. Aj Tuar Citron Ben O'Connor went in with high hopes as the uh, one of the Aussie GC contenders. Just never, just got off on the wrong foot and never really seemed to um to channel that those climbing legs that he does have. What he did channel though was uh, helping the boys for the breakaway win. Mm. Uh, Felix Gull burst onto the scene. Bagged a stage. Uh, was in a couple other moves. I think a second as well. Yeah, O'Connor was, was, um, was huge. Huge. And, I mean, they won the race within the race. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but 8th, um, ninth, and 10th for the, uh, are the three French teams um, with their GC riders. And I'm sure... FDJ, Cofidis, and AG2R were in-house wanting to be the first one home in GC. And Felix Gall beats David Gadu and Guimatan. Um, Felix Gall, am I going way over the top that if he got to a team with a budget, that he could potentially ride GC and finish on the podium of the Tour de France? Or am I way off, way off there? I don't think it's a wild comment to make. I'd love to see a lot more um, to come on board that, but I think the glimpses that he showed throughout this this tour, um, it's definitely possible. Um, Get him to Ineos. Get him to Ineos. Ineos could Ineos could do a lot worse than having Felix Gall put him on a TT bike so he can improve his his, his TT. Um, he'll be fully supported because they literally have the best domestics in the world, Ineos. But wouldn't be too bad. You heard it here first, Gull and Remco to Ineos. 2024 Tour de France. That unfortunately will be behind the pecking order with uh, Aronsman um, <laughs> is, their, is, their, is their clear number one there. Oliver Nason just getting starts based off of his, his name and his... Classics campaign in 2016. Belgium sure one year gets you a start for the rest of your life. Not sure if you remember the stage. I know somewhere in the middle there, but David Gadu found himself in the third group on the road, and AG2R went to the front to pace for eighth spot. It was hilarious. It was somewhere. It was in the middle of the second week. Like Yumbo, like oh yeah, sure, come. <laughs> Come to the front, please. <laughs> and Oliver Nason was the man. He was the man that was riding full gas to drop David Gadu. <laughs> French Cup. The French uh, Cup. Just, just a quick shout out to Ben O'Connor. I, I know GC didn't go his way. He started off cold, but the legs were just getting better and better. Um, a couple of top threes on stages and then had that important role to play for for Felix on the stage that he won. Um but yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he goes, like with his Tour de France ambitions in, in the future, whether he continues to try and do the GC or will just focus on trying to jag jag a stage win. Um 
He's very he's very good at getting in moves. Like that's not yeah, it's he not easy. Sniffs out the right. He sniffs out the right move. Um, no sprint. When you don't have a sprint, it becomes very tricky to to win from these situations. Um, unless your name is Simon Clark uh, and you're a crafty motherfucker, then you're going to have to work on your sprint. Full body cramps for Simon Clark. Stiff. Big time. Yeah. Stiff. Uh, Alberson to Koenig. We came in thinking Philipson was the best sprinter in the race, and he um, wasn't just the best sprinter. He was so he was so much better than everyone else. He had the what he had the the best lead out man in the race, but he was quick. He was flying. This guy, man, he's a, he's a top rider. Like talking about Mahorich being a top ten. Like this guy, he, he could be he could be in the conversation for top five. Like a second at Roubaix. He won that classics uh, race the week before Roubaix. Quickest sprinter here by an absolute mile, turning into a villain as well. Like really, you know, thinking I've won four stages of the tour. I can just be a bit of a bully, be a bit of a prick. Like he's really taken all that on board. So, um, yeah, he's gone He's gone to the next level this year, Jasper. And, uh, I mean, we say this every year, like I mentioned before, when you – Come to the Tour de France, win four stages. You're never going to get beaten at the Tour de France again. You're going to win for the next five years, help yourself to five stages a season. Doesn't quite work out like that, but uh, at the moment, he, he looks unbeatable. Yeah, they've gone for a pro Conti team to be one of the big four, to be honest. Um, they've cleaned up this year uh, with every race they've gone to with Phillips and Vanderpol. We we posed the question, Cambo, in the in the in the pre. Um, how would this go with the two boys? Like, will MBDP be able to take a back seat? And he did. I'm not sure if he had his full legs, but he was able to something, – something's going well in that team bus to be able to have Soren Krar anderson um, and Matthew Vanderpoel going full gas for Jasper Philipson on every stage, even stages that suit those two. Um, mm-hmm. This is a this is a seven for mine. Uh, yeah, seven. Champs say would have put a little cherry on top of the seven, but it's a seven. I'm. It feels stiff. Like I think if if you had said they'll win four stages at the start, like you would have taken it. But I just think there was a couple stages there that they they missed out on a little bit. Um, Paris, of course, was a big one, and also the Asgreen, the Asgreen stage. I thought they they missed out there, so it easily could have been six like six stages in the end of tour is is huge so i'm gonna i'm gonna give them a six because i just feel like they may have just missed out on a couple that uh that they could have got i think and it's a good it chance just to re- just to refresh ourselves on the trademark uh ratings so i got a seven prelim final um but i kicked five goals too so i still missed two goals i could have kicked <laughs> seven in the prelim but I only yep. kicked five in the prelim, but I still got a seven. But did you kick the winning goal? Uh, I mean, I kicked five goals in the third quarter, four in the third quarter, which certainly helped uh, the prelim final. But no, I didn't kick the winner. That was actually against Geelong in round twenty-three when I when I when I when I did that. Did you get a seven a couple of weeks ago when you had uh, two hundred and twelve uh, champion data ranking points? Close to, close, definitely close, close to. I reckon, yeah, I didn't actually see what they rated me. I rated myself a five just because you always got to go in unders. Um, okay. 
You and what did the coaching staff do? A strong six. You can't go in with a six or a seven with the outside chance the coaches thought you were a three. Um, <laughs> and I did actually look at the stats. Yeah, yeah, you, you had you know I don't know fifty odd hitouts, um, a number of intercept marks, twenty nine touches, a couple of goals, and and two hundred uh, ranking points. You can probably go in feeling pretty comfortable with a six at least. Yeah, it's I reckon that's on par with Bahrain. But the prelims on on par with Al Al Alperson. Do you, do you ever look at your stat? Like, do you ever come off the ground going, oh, "I was a five, and then you look at your stats after and go, "You know what? That's probably a six. Uh, with this, actually, the week just gone. Um, I thought I was a little bit quieter because Riley O'Brien played a pretty good role on me. Um, so I actually thought I was a lot worse than after having chats um, with Goody and whatnot, and realised that I had a fair bit of impact on the game. Then I changed my rating based on that um i never think that i'm played really well and then realize i was bad i've never had that way so you're going to hold with that anyway. six campbell or yeah i'm, I'm gonna I, I i completely understand max's point and it's a great one to to have in the back of my mind going forward but uh i'm going to keep it at, at a six there, and there's a i'm sure phillipson and um, vanderpoel listening this little message to the to them that they're going to need to bag seven stages next year if they want that seven. I want at least five. I want five. Well, if Vanderpoel wins one, there you go. There's your five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Intermarche, Wanty, like on the Vanderpoel, with Van Art, Gourmet, like was there just not the stage profiles or like what happened to that, uh, that kind of rider this year? It's a good point, Alex. Didn't really get to see uh, these sort of types go at it. Yeah, I mean Tadej, Tadej is that guy as well. Um, so he probably wins a few of their stages. Um, Victor, that Victor Lafay, the one early, the Adam Yates, the Victor Lafay, like mm. I felt like that was stage one and stage two. Like I think they missed the boat then. MVP didn't have the legs it looked like. Um, and Van Art, I'm not sure what was going on at Yumbo. Um, I think he did get dropped, Van Art. Um, and then Biddy, Biddy did not did just didn't have the legs, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure if we can continually put him in the same sentence as these guys. I know he um, had an amazing win last year um, against these lads, but I'm not sure if he's still got those legs. And Louis Menkes did in DNF stage 14, so we didn't get to. Mm. He might have been actually able to help himself to a top ten this year. No, nah, he was sitting. He was sitting right where he likes to sit. I think he was sitting on tw- at twelfth or thirteenth. I don't think he likes to delve into the top ten. I think he just likes to sit just on the outskirts. Okay, fair enough. It's a, it's an intimidating place inside that top ten. This is this is um this is close to a one. Um, in fact, I think it is. I think yeah. So George, a strong one. And they're a team that we love. I think they won three stages last year, maybe even more. Like, I think they were unbelievable last year. George Zimmerman tried. He was the only one in that whole team that had legs, um, but but failed. One. Ones? One, I think so. I think it has to be. This next one's going to be interesting. They're going to get their highest rating ever. We'll be talking about confidence. It's everyone's favorite stat that they haven't won – in the Tour de France in 600 years. And mm-hmm. when are they going to win the Tour de France stage? Um, and here we are. Where does They've that work? They've ticked every, 
they've ticked every box possible. They've got their top 10 GC from a guy who I don't think made it on the TV once. Um, they got third in the sprints in the green jersey, which I think would have been a goal of theirs to finish somewhere in the green jersey uh, with Brian Cockard. And then they had two stage wins of Eon Izagira and Victor Lafay, who looks like this. Did you um, come across some of the some of the noise around Victor Lafay post winning? He sounds like a real lad, like a like he has the same legs as Pog and Vinegard in stage two, and then gets dropped every stage after that. I reckon the bloke's pissed for the rest of the Tour de France. <laughs> just judging, just judging by the noise I'm getting, I reckon he got pissed every night after he won that stage in stage two. Well, so should he. They haven't won a stage for 20 years. Good on them. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, it was probably their best list that they've put together. Like, you look at those names, there's there's some good names there. Like, Simon Geshk is a, is a name base selection. Uh, <laughs> but Cockard, Guillaume Izaguirre, and, uh, and Lafay, all guys that can win. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it was a... A, a great thing that they finally get to bury the demons of Sylvain Chavanel's stage win from 2008, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, hats off to them. And, uh, yeah, a, a strong six for me. Six. All relative. Oh. Two stage wins for confidence. What was what were the no, chances of that? That's a clean seven. That is a clean seven. Yes, it's a seven every day of the week. But what else could they have done? A cockard win. Well, you wanted three stage wins out of them. <laughs> okay. 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 A, a four would have been like it's a couple a, of top tens. Yeah, it's a seven. Okay. That's a seven. It's Talk a seven. about name selections, though. Like Eon is a gear rate. Na- I don't know what his running was like um, and how his form's been this year, but that's a name selection and it paid off in spades. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, I've got to go, boys. It's five past nine. I've got to get down to the airport. Pleasure doing business with well. you. My, my apologies. We've been, tr- we've been treated to a good 45 minutes with the big fella. I look forward see you, to the next see, one. You, see, see you in a week. Yeah. Well, it just seems like it starts very soon. So see you guys soon. See you, Cambos. See you, Cambos. Movie star. Missed out big star with mask going out stage one. Um. Jorgensen going for a stage win from the break. Anything I've missed there, Maxi? Wasn't that sad to watch the Jorgensen just blow up in front of our very eyes? It was hard to um, watch. Obviously, the mass DNF hurts. Ruben Guerrero DNF hurts. Um, unfortunately, I had the wrong Izagira. Um, Alex Aaron Buru, I'm sick of the hype, to be honest. Um he gets mentioned in and around the Van Arts and Vanderpoles, and I don't know why he does. I still yet to see what all the noise is about. Um, their two most active riders were Oliveira and Molberger, which you wouldn't have said going into it. So, um, yeah, they're oh, – oh, Mass mass saves them from a one. They get it. Oh, no, they, they get a one. Jorgensen, oh, that was a big ride. From a it was team, a big you, don't ex- was, you don't expect much from they them. Were, and they were always in the break. So I'll give him that. Oliveira, Mulberger, Izagira, Aramburu, Ruben Guerra had a genuine chance one stage. I think he came second or third. Um, yeah, so maybe you're probably right. They're probably a two. Team DSM, 
uh, you look at the team sheets, the new Aussie team. Time for Jerry to move his cash over there. We've got Dinham, Edmondson, Hamilton, and Wilsford on the squad. But day was kind of there, thereabouts, but not really there, thereabouts. Before he DNF'd uh, midway through. And Wellsford, big hype leading into this about how he was in good form, but I think the toughness of Tour de France racing never really allowed him to unleash the sprinting capability he does have. Yeah, I'm sure the experience has helped. Um, I'm not sure in cycling world, Elbow, if you get second chances or anything like that, or if this was built as an experience for years on. Um, because he, he got through the tour, which is, I mean, there was a lot of talk about how much he was going to struggle to even make time cuts, and he and he has. Yeah. Um, missing key corners, going around roundabouts the wrong way, being well positioned. They always had a strong sprint train at around the 7K mark to go, but then would lose sight at the finish line. Um, I know there's got four Aussies, but this is they've got the lowest points from the tour. Um, I don't think they had any top tens. I think Wellsford might have got a top ten. The, um, he didn't get a top ten. He got a tenth. Okay, Bardet. I don't think. Also, I'm going off the off a limb here, but I don't think he had a top ten. Um, which like at, like a tenth. That's not. He didn't get a run at the line. I think Neil Zikov actually in the uphill sprint that Pedersen won might have got a top 10 from memory. Um, so I get once Bardet left that there was some good legs shown by Matthew Dinham and Chris Hamilton and even the young American Kevin Vermarke they got in some breaks, but they had to alter their plan from supporting Roman Bardet. I will say that Roman Bardet was probably the most supported GC rider. Like he had those guys, those young Aussies, and Kevin Vermarke will put in a great effort. Yeah, but enough of the good stuff. That this is this is a this is a zero. A zero. <laughs> a zero. This is this is a zero. He's dealt it they've out. Had one, they've had one top ten, I think. I think it's Niels Ekov. And yeah, taken you are a, right. On that stage of Pedersen one, he got fifth. Yeah, so they've taken a sprinter and a guy who is very well known to the Tour de France and stage wins, and they've and they've failed miserably. It, it, I can't argue it. It's zero. Israel Premier Tech. We talked about how much we liked this squad in the preview, Maxi, I remember. And yep. stage wins. They delivered. I like Israel. I, I know we get into them. Um, only when they field Pots of Evo and Chris Froome, we tend but to d- go. But did you say they've re-signed Froomey? Yeah, I think there's a rumour there's another two-year deal coming, which seems off what they've just recently done by not picking him for the tour. Surely that's a that's uh, a two-year, we need to keep the sponsor kind of deal. Or, yeah, there's more money owed or something. I don't know. Um, but this team always has, I think, the most surprising rider of a grand tour. So Derek G at the Giro was unbelievable. Hugo Hall last year at the tour was unbelievable. And then this year, like Nealands, Chris Nealands was so strong. And then Michael Woods has his amazing break as well. Um, they 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 continued to surprise me. And he also, uh, Israel, they've changed their tune a little bit. Um, if you put them in like the little um, 
they're basically Lotto Destiny and them are the two wild card pro Conti teams that get invited to everything because they're old uh, world tour teams. Israel are smacking them, absolutely smacking them. Um, they're a good team to watch. They're always in breaks. Um, you saw Simon Clark fully cramp in, I think it was stage 20 or 19. Um, their disappointing one was their sprinter. Corbin Strong was a little bit disappointing. Um, but apart from that, but he's a young pup. He's a young pup. He is a young and I think Schulte too, I know, friend of the show, but he was super in Woods' victory. Yeah, he was. And he actually got on the break in stage 20 as well. I know he stayed with the GC group in stage 20 and looked good. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can't pump up for a state in a group of 15, but um, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a trademark. Trademark performance from Israel Premier too. And score was? Yeah, four. Four, four. sorry. Yeah, four. Team Jake Lua. A really, like, this can be an interesting one to rate. Like, fourth on the GC, which is big. But then nothing really to write home about. In a way, except for that video you, you, where the two Yates bros are in sync and they're like bouncing up the climb. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, an amazing Chris Harper. Mm. I, I will put that in off the top. Apart from a little bit aggressive with Simon Yates and Chris Harper in the third week by getting in some breaks and trying to um, get themselves back in uh, the time slot, um, just trying to do something different than stay on Tadej and Jonas as well. I like that. There's not much freedom for the lads. Um, they seemed like they were, you got Yatesy and you got Grunewagen and you're either supporting Grunewagen to get over the hills or in his sprint train or you're helping Yatesy. Like it would have been good to see like a, a Luca Mezget get into one of those flat breaks, um, a Durbo getting the break, a Lawson Craddock getting the break. Um, they might have, it just might not have the, had, they had the legs, but mm. um they got a fourth in GC, and none of us were picking that. So um, they probably are a trademark in that in that sense. Grunewagen second on one stage, um, which was the main stage he really had a run at. Feels like the others he wasn't quite there thereabouts, and like with he was second, but Philipson was that good throughout any stage that he got a run at. I think, yeah, it's a four for Yates's performance. Got him a four. They have one of the best lead-out men in the world, but they just can't seem to get it right. Luka Mezgek and Dylan Grunewagen. Yeah. Um, it will click at some point because uh, Luka Mezgek does get him in unbelievable positions. Um, but at the moment, Jasper just has the has the edge. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw it too, but the um, just an interesting move on Jayco's, Jayco Lua's part. They uh, they signed a deal with Axel, Axel Merckx's team. The under twenty threes, so they've okay. now got to feed a team based out of America, which I think just continues this team's shift away from Australia. Jerry, obviously, not obviously, but Jerry like funded Campbell and my under twenty three cycling program pretty much, which was yeah. the pathway. It was kind of the way that you got to the world tour outside. It was either that or uh, Andrew Christie Johnson's Andy Christie Johnson's team out of Tasmania. Uh, and now that they've they've hitched their wagon to uh, Axel Merckx's team in the US, I think there's it's a just, way out. It's just another. I don't know if it's a way out, but I think it's just they they wanted to feed a team. Um, yeah. and I don't know where Alua and the Saudi money comes into play, but 
it was just an interesting announcement mid Tour de France. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Team K Samsek. You're donning uh, that. I'm gonna Max. be Yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit friendlier to these guys uh than a zero. I'm gonna give them a one. Um just for being purely there. because well Warren Bargui finished top ten twice, I think, in the breaks that he was in. And Luca Mazzato outperformed Sam Wellsford. I think Mazzato, I'm gonna just randomly put a number out there. I'm gonna say four top tens. Um which is better than Wellsford. So it's I'll do the math for you. Um Two top tens and a tenth. Yeah. Okay. So two tenths. So, two tenths. If you're including tenth, then yeah, th- four top tens. So Mazzato is outperformed Wellsford in that in that point of view. So it's 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 a one. I'm not sure. There's a lot of money going to Clement Shopperson from what I'm hearing. I think he's a well paid GC rider. He wasn't on my TV screen. He was not at the Tour de France that I was watching. Um, I'm not even sure where he's finished, GC. If you got that quickly for me, I'll have a little look. Uh, Champerson. Your point, but your point though that he wasn't on your TV screen. Correct, and he's he's but he's not in the top fifty, so um, he's fallen away at that point as well. And Warren Bagey, he's always there and thereabouts. Incredibly outnumbered, always in breaks. There's never two RK riders. Um. I don't know where they go. They need Quintana. They're they're a team that needs Quintana out 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 there. Yeah, are they one? They're one. They got they got it. They got our boy May Harafa that they can bring <laughs> to the they can bring to the next stage. Uh Lotto Destiny. Oh dear. Oh dear. Caleb Caleb had good legs first week in a bit. He's kind of like the only one to really push Phillips in in some capacity. Uh, and then he DNF'd, and then the team went, started smacking him in the media. And then our boy Jace started smacking them. Yep, smacking them back. What a what a weird turn of events. Like, yeah. And so, can you first of all, obviously, uh, there is a there is a friendship here, but um, have you got any sort of? Did he pull out? The vision wasn't great when he pulled out because he hasn't fallen off his bike. Hmm. Um, obviously, he was just incredibly overwhelmed or crook or crook on one day. Or I, I haven't actually talked to him. I haven't talked to him. I sent him okay. one message after going, you know what, this is going to be a pretty tough time. Um, I'm not sure. But the thing that surprised me was that the team started whacking him publicly. Yeah. What is, are you doing? It is surprising. And He's sprinting well. He was sprinting well, especially early on. Um, he looked really good. He's the he's the way they're getting going. They're going to get their way back into the pro tour. I don't feel like they should give up hope on him, even though if he's not going to be there next year. Um, yeah, it's well, a it's a messy. I reckon that's the weird thing. Like they've got this is their most expensive rider they got on the books. Like you talked about their pathway back. They've got another year left contracted with him, so they're going to have to pay him. Yeah. Like what? First of all, there's the human element of just like, oh, it, like is the guy okay? Like what? What's going on there? And then the second of all, there's the team element of, I don't know if smacking your rider in the media is the way of rebuilding the relationship that you need to get him back on the straight and narrow. And now they're, now they're talking about exit clauses and trying to get out of the contract, and it's messy. 
you know what I'll love? I would love nothing more, and we're all Caleb fans on this podcast, mm. if he goes out and wins the Worlds with no lotto on his jumper at all. Um, it's very far-fetched because the Worlds do have a few lumps on it, but it's something that Caleb can handle. Um, wouldn't that be great to look? Great to watch just Caleb creaming him. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Uh, does, does this team get any points? Uh, yeah, Campanuts. Yeah, Campanuts. In the breakaway. And he got most combative rider for the for the uh, oh, for the race. Um, he was his third week was phenomenal. He he almost gets him a two. Yeah, he gets him a two. Campanas gets him a two. Stana was like bit went in with big hopes for Cav. Um, gut gut wrenching the crash stage eight out of the Tour de France. Probably not going to break the record now. Um, yeah. Then it was really just uh, Lusenko up the road. That was their next best bet. Yeah, speaking of not on my TV screen, um, yeah. I don't think Gianni Moscon made an appearance. I, do, I, don't, I haven't uh, seen Gianni Moscon since he was riding <laughs> the front for Team Sky in 2018. Yeah. Um, something except there. Lusenko didn't have the legs, um, got in a, a lot of breaks. So he had legs, but not the legs that we know. Lusenko can beat. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not selling Bill Bow is a geary short, but Letsenko should be in and around those as well. Um, at peak fitness. I'm gonna be a bit lenient on them because they're all in for Cav. It's a team that was all in for Cav. Um, top tens with Cav and then two top tens with Bowl as well. Um when they when they did a little pivot. I'm sure Letsenko stayed in the break and finished in the top ten as well. Harold Tajada is a guy on the rise. I'm gonna give him a two, Asana. Generous too. Uno X, what was your thoughts on them, Maxi? Heaps Danish oh, strength in there, Norwegian strength. They almost get the first ever trademark without doing a thing. Um, this is what I want to see from a pro Conti team. I don't want to see B&B hotels come in and do absolutely nothing but in the first week and challenge Nielsen Paulos for the polka dots. Like this was quality riding. Unfortunately, Christoph just didn't have the legs they needed. But Tobias Johansson was super. Um, there's a Abraham Sam was super. Unfortunately, Torsten Train, I think he fell off his bike early on, but um, these guys were good. I, but they, they're going to get a three. I can't give them a four, but... A three for presence. A three for presence. Yeah. And a four for the Tour de France for including them in the bike race. Yeah. I'm all for it. And even someone like Tudor Cycling, Q365, these teams that are actually doing results out there, I'd love to see those guys come to the tour rather than your token French team. Total Energies. I uh, saw, saw Sagan for the first time on the Champs smoking a cigar. <laughs> um, but that was about the only time I saw him on, in the bike race. I brought into the hype. I was in for the fairy tale in stage 21. For some reason, I just thought... I thought he could do what Jordy Moose did. So to be fair, I wasn't that far off it, yeah. but I just picked the wrong rider. Um, you pa- speaking you of non-TV, yeah, I did. Speaking of no-TV time, um, Boysenhagen. <laughs> 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 uh, Pierre Latour had heaps, heaps of TV time. Um, they get their money's worth for Pierre Latour based on how much he rides in front of the peloton. It's um, worth it's worth having a token French rider in your team just to, you know, it gets you a default 
presence on the TV screen. Correct. Um, Steph Cross was actually riding GC um, when he fell off his bike. Um, so they did have a bit of presence, but they're a one, and this is a token French team that I don't think should get the invite, in my opinion. Yeah. They get the invite because of Sagan, and that makes sense. But It does make sense. Um, but, yeah, the Sagan relationship's ending. It's going to be interesting to see where this team takes it. Um, but yeah. I feel like the... I know you're against the ageism, Max, but I feel like the back end of the career signings with Froome and Sargon and co are not the way forward. Lots of Evo. Uh, there's a few more. I mean, um, relative to what they're probably paying him, Pots of Evo has probably added some value. <laughs> it's a good point. Um yeah, I mean, some are good. Like the break guys, they can get in breaks at that age. Like Alessandro DeMarchi, I think he's 36, but that guy can get in a break and get you a result. Um, so there's a bit of difference. But the guys who have generally lost it, for no uh, fault of their own. Mate, Chris, mate, Chris, yeah, maybe like the DeMarchis are in a different category. It's the superstars that you're paying millions yeah. of bucks to get that you're expecting to be the superstar they were five years ago. Yeah. That's the Tour de France. That's the Tour de France. We had a zero. Um, we had two sevens, Coppinus and Alperson. Yeah. Um, I think they deserve those sevens. Um, lots of sixes, so some good performing teams. But with cycling, it's a great where is it going to go because there's just so few teams that are winning stages at the moment, winning races. I, like, I feel like every race this year has either been Yumbo, uh, UAE, Quick Step, or Alperson. Ineos aren't even in that group, man. Like They're not winning stages. They're not winning races. Yeah. I think the big question mark in cycling for me at the moment is when are the Saudis really going to come in, come in and party? Go big. Like they've been playing so hard in every other sports league, global sports league. Uh, like what they're paying Mbappe or what they're offering him for a week, they could sign Pog. They're lingering. They are lingering. There's but, some of their some of their friends are involved in cycling with UAE and Bahrain. Um, we know there's some Saudi money in Jayco. Uh, when they really come play Saudi ball, money. Uh, I've been I've been anonymously sending the Saudi Arabian uh, uh, oilers. I've been anonymously sending a five minute v- VHS clip of the best <laughs> AFL bumps and bruises. I'm <laughs> um, just hoping one day they put the video in and go, wow, have a look at this sport. Yeah, they take um, interest. Then, yeah. I'll 100% be wearing a T-shirt in 2028 with a big oiling company printed yep. on there. Down, down in Salamanca, breathing in that fresh yes. air. Yes, correct. Living your best life. Anything else, Maxie, before we wrap? Uh, no, well, obviously, World's coming up uh, is exciting. Again, dominated by just a few countries. Um, but hopefully Australia can have a good look at that. Interesting, Caden Groves and Caleb Ewan and Michael Matthews are all on the all on the team going. Um, I just think race, it suits Caden Groves. Just race for yourself, boys. Correct. I think it suits Caden Groves the most out of those three. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, Van Art, Van der Poel, Philipson, Remco, Tadej are also going to be there. So I'm not sure what that means for the Aussies. Yeah. I'd love to see a pissed off Caleb Ewan. Yeah, I'd love to be. 
The issue with Caleb, and we see it in Milan San Remo, is he gets himself in the winning move, but then no one will do any sort of turns of him because they're going to beat him. But they'll have that issue of Jasper this year because Jasper will be in the winning move. So um, he could could be there. Yeah. Thanks, Maxie. Appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Elby. Good man.